Well, we are in the last book of the 12 minor prophets today, the book of Malachi. And so it's been, a, it's been an interesting season. It's, it's been a stretch even for me to, to work through this material. And, and really the hardest part for me has been to contain each, ser- each, each book into one week. It's nearly impossible, but we've been able to do it. We just kind of picked the, the, the high points that we felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to us about, about our church and about, about where we're at in our life. And, and so today is no different. You know, as, as I was preparing this sermon, um, I actually titled this thing three different times. The first time I, I put a title to it, I called it Digging Deeper because that's what we've been doing, man. We've been digging deep into the Word of God, and, and, and God has been digging deep into us. Amen. <laughs> I'm about ready to move away from all the all the talk about um, uh, um, um, judgment and wrath, and <laughs> but it's been good. It's been a good season for us to to re, to grow and to repent and and to find uh, God's heart in our lives. Amen. So digging deeper was good. I was like, nah, I don't know. It's not really what I'm trying to convey today. And and then the, and then I started thinking about what about Malachi's mirror, right? The the, the book of Malachi. Acting as a mirror, because you know that the book of Malachi. Did, did anybody read it this week? Four chapters, and and it's really, it's really about kind of um, God and the children of Israel kind of having this dialect, right? God said, "Why did you do this?" And they said, "When did we do that?" And so the Word of God. If you remember, a few weeks ago we pre- we were preaching and we talked about how the Word of God is a mirror in our life. And the book of Malachi definitely for that for me this week uh, it challenged me. So. Let me say this right away. Um, your toes are going to get stepped on today. It's sharp, and, and, it, and it does cut to the plate. So please don't take offense if you feel uh, convicted about anything. Uh, trust me, I have been looking in the mirror of this text all week long, and I have had to uh, stretch myself and, and, and ask myself some of the same questions that the Lord is going to pose to us today about our walk with Him. Uh, but Malachi's mirror, uh, yeah, it works, and we'll probably talk more about that than what I, re- what I, what I came up with. Show them the title of this, because this is the Word of God. It's in your face. The Word, the word of God is in your face. Amen? So I'm going to ask your permission to, to, to get a little preachy. Two people. I'm going to preach to two people today. Uh, I'm going to ask your permission to, to meddle a little bit. I'm not going to make you raise your hand. I'd never do that. I'd never say, hey, who has this sin in their life? <laughs> Come on down here. And we'll, uh, but I am going to meddle. I am going to preach the word of God this morning. And, um, you know, the room was much like this as I started first service. I, I, it felt um, a little tense in the room. I feel a little tension in the room right now. Uh, but when I gave a call this morning to come forward, everybody respond. I really believe this is a word for everybody. And, and I want to preface again one more time uh, that I've lived this out this week. Amen? Amen? I can't preach something to you that I'm not working out in my own salvation. The Lord will, will not allow me. And, and I just want to be a transparent pastor to, to the flock that God gives us. Amen? I, I want people to see me and understand that we are... You owe me a pizza, Eugene. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, you know, a mirror is a a very revealing thing, is it not? I mean, it reflects whatever is in front of it, warts and all. (laughs) It'll tell you when you're having a good hair day, and it'll tell you when you're having a bad hair day. It'll tell you when you're having a no hair day. 
It'll tell you when your hair's running away today. But it is, it is the Word of God that I'm referring to this morning. And, and the Word of God, as a Christian, it's always in my face. It's, it's always challenging me. It, it's, that, it's that what the Lord brought it forth to accomplish, is to cut through calluses in my heart and, and hard places and, 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 and ideas that I have. We, we all forgive my... my, my, my uh, Forgive me for this, but we all have a bunch of BS. We all have belief systems. Beliefs, yeah. See, you guys, you guys got to get your mind out of the gutter. We all have belief systems that we have been brought up under, and we, we all have been raised a certain way, good or bad. And uh, we all have been living in a community in, in the United States, in Nevada, California, wherever you're from, and we've all been get feeded fed a bunch of BS, a bunch of belief systems that, that we have inherited in our lives. And sometimes it's hard for the Word of God to penetrate those places. But that's what God's Word does, amen? It penetrates the belief systems in our life. It penetrates those things that, that keep us from being everything God has called us to be. It keeps us from being in that intimate place where God has called us to be. Anybody want to be in that intimate place with God? Am I speaking to the right crowd this morning? Because that is my heart's desire is to be as intimate with with God as I can be. And it's not on his side. It is on my side, baby. Come on, somebody. It's up to me to be how intimate I want my relationship with God to be. And so as we talked about before, uh, the Bible is the mirror that we should be looking into every single day. Man, you can't go a day without the Word of God. Like Pastor Stu says, five, six, seven, eight chapters a day. Hey, maybe that's a bit much for some of you. Why don't you try with five, six, seven, eight verses a day and just get the ball started, amen? Maybe one day we'll, you'll be like Pastor Stu and others that can read just piles and piles. Of course, he's a student guy anyway. Uh, he, he's a little different than most of us in that regard, especially me. Uh, but, you know, just start out. Just break open the Word of God and eat on that stuff and look at yourself in the reflection of God's Word. And I'll tell you what, what will happen for you is 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I want to kind of set the stage before I jump into Malachi because we're talking about the mirror of God and, and becoming more like Him. And it says in, in verse uh, 17 and 18 in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Oh, come on, we can start shouting it down right now. That's a, that's a Pentecostal scripture if I ever heard one, amen? But it goes on to say in verse 18, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord, amen? Let me pray before we go into Father, anoint me one more time this morning, God, that, that, that my lips would be used by you, that, that everything that comes out of my mouth from this second forward would be ordained and anointed by the Holy Spirit, that our ears would be open and attentive to the Word of God, that you would challenge our hearts, convict our hearts, and help us to leave this place on fire for your, for your Son and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. That wasn't everybody, but I'll cut you some slack this time couple things about this text that I, that I want to reference real quick. Uh, number one, when we love the Lord, He's at work in us. He's, he's transforming us into His image, okay? Uh, the second thing, the Lord can only do this if we read, meditate, and listen, act on His Word. See that in, in James, talking about the same thing, the mirror of the, the, the Word of God. You have to start doing it. Can't just know it. Can't, you, I'll tell you what, 
The devil has the Bible memorized, amen? amen? It's not enough to know the Word. Not enough just to meditate on it, but we need to pray it and we need to act it. And the third thing is His Word and the work of the Holy Spirit is like a, a mirror to us, and it reveals two things, okay? It reveals God's righteousness and our unrighteousness. That's what this book does. Every time you open the Word of God... It's doing two things in your life. Keep this in mind. This will help you with your studies. It's revealing the righteousness of God and our unrighteousness. Amen? Amen. We all have room to grow. Anybody like me have room to grow? All right. I like this side of the room. I'm preaching. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's a couple of you over here helping me out. But, but this, kind of, this side of the room is like me. We're all just a bunch of sinners saved by grace. Amen? So, so are you all, right? So what we need to do is we need to recognize our sin and, and we decide to change and then, and then the changing happens by the Lord. If you notice that text, look at it, it says that we're being transformed. It doesn't say that you're transforming yourself. It doesn't say that you have the power to do anything. It says we're being transformed into the image of God from glory to glory. It's a process. Your Christian walk is a process, amen? We all want everything to be okay tomorrow. No, that's not fast enough. How about today? And it doesn't always work out that way, amen? There's some things that i got to work out with, with fear and trembling. And so with that in mind, with that, that foundation today, we can now dig into the book of, of Malachi. And I'm in Habakkuk. I don't know what I'm doing over there. But Malachi chapter 1. And Malachi's name means my messenger. So here is God's messenger. You know that Malachi was the last prophet before what they call the intertestamental period. That's a theological word for the 400 years of silence. Do you, do you know that there is a period of time from the book of Malachi to the book of Matthew when John the Baptist began to prophesy that God was completely silent? As far as we know, there's no record of him speaking. There's, you would think there would be a, a record of God speaking, but we understand that God was just completely silent during that time. 400 years. You ever had a season of quietness in your life? Johnny, you know what I'm talking about. There are times in our walk with the Lord when we feel like we're alone. Malachi, he prophesied between 445, 425 B.C., but it was after the return of Babylonian captivity, the, seven year, the 70 years. It was after the rebuilding of the temple and the walls in, the, in Nehemiah's time. Over 2,500 years ago, 2,500 years ago was when Malachi prophesied. So why do we need to study the Old Testament? So many people think that the Old Testament obsolete. It's long ago. Jesus came and, and ratified all that. He didn't come. He came to fulfill it. He didn't ratify it. He didn't do away with it. It's still very important. There's some things that we can learn. because And, and, and I think that if God had something to say to me, and then, I, and then he was going to be quiet for a long period of time, I think it's important for us to see what maybe he said, don't you think? I want to help somebody in those seasons right now because we've all been through and we've all been through times of quietness and stillness where God are you speaking are you speaking and when you're going through that listen to me remember the last thing he told you and keep doing it till he changes his mind that'll help you out during the quietness just keep doing the last thing he told you to do until he tells you differently I'm getting some head nods but I'm not getting any any vocal activity here I gotta get some water so, 
400 years of quiet. God has something to say. I think we should find out what he has to say. Another thing is God hasn't changed. As our theme verse in the Foursquare Church says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And even in our book today, in our text, Malachi chapter 3, God said himself, verse 6, I am the Lord, I do not change. But please God then, pleases God now. What troubled God then still troubles God today. And my desire today is that, that we would just take the book of Malachi and, and we would hold it up as if we're looking into a mirror the Word of God, and we would open ourselves up to the, to, the, to the moving of the Holy Spirit, to being transformed by Him from glory to glory. Can we do that? For the next 30 minutes, can we just give our attention to the Lord, put our focus on God? The book of, that, of, of Malachi, it, it, it's basically a, a dialogue between God and the children of Israel, and there's many parallels that I picked up when I was reading through this, of, of, of what happened then and what I see happening in the church today. Some of the same mistakes they were making, I believe you and I make. And the first thing that I picked up, and you'll see this in, in, in chapter 1, verse 6, that they had a half-hearted offer. The children of Israel were, were making offerings, but their heart was only halfway in it. They weren't completely into this thing. They, they, as a matter of fact, the first thing they, they, that we see is they, they, they just had no reverence. They had no honor for the Lord. Look at verse 6. It says, A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts to you priests who despise my name? Yet you say, In what ways have we despised your name? You see the dialogue here? God is saying, Hey, you're not giving me the respect and honor that's due to me. And the people are saying, well, how do we do that? And we'll talk about this a little bit. The thought that God would even have to ask this question of the children of God, it sickens me to my core. I can't even imagine God showing up in my face and saying, hey, Ron, you don't honor me and you don't give me reverence any longer. I, I, I can't even fathom. But I had to ask myself this week, are there areas of my life that I don't honor him? Are there areas of my life that I don't uh, give him reverence? And, and, and what really bothered me about this text is the fact that Malachi was prophesying to the priests. So the reason I had to really dig deep and really look at myself this week is because I'm, we're the priests, we're the pastors of Grapevine Fellowship, and, and if and if there's any dishonor in my heart, if there's any lack of, of reverence in my heart, then that trickles down into the, into the body. And I'm like, God, I don't, nah, -uh. I, I'm not going to be accountable for that. I'm not, I am not going to be that guy. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to respect you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reverent you in every area of my life. And if there's anything unpleasing, God, I feel somebody tugging on my heart right now. If, if there's anything unpleasing in me, any wicked way in me, then show it to me. Reflect it back to me as I read your word. Open my heart and my mind that I, that I could receive revelation of the, of the real person that I am because I let the world weigh in, and sometimes I get caught up in stuff, amen, and, and I watch some television here and there, and, and I go to schools with my kids, and, and the world is pushing in on all sides, and i got to protect myself, amen? How do I reverent you, God? How do I honor you? 
Listen, God, God is not someone who just walked up on the street demanding respect. He, he's not someone who, who, just, who, who, who needs to prove himself as someone who, 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 who needs to, uh, well, if you're coming to this church at Grapevine for a season and, and you tell me you want to be in leadership, I'm going to have a season of, of, of you coming and worshiping with us. I, I'm not going to just put you in a leadership position until I get to know you, right? Amen? I mean, that's just wisdom. But, but, but we're talking about God here, right? You, God has earned respect. I mean, he, he delivered us from, from the, children, uh, from the Idri- uh, Egyptians. I can't even preach today. Hallelujah. Somebody pray for me. Yeah. Right? He parted the Red Seas. He, 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 he fed us with, with, with manna, and he, he had a cloud, and he had sun, and he had... And he delivered us from Babylonian... Babylonian, I can't say it first. Everything. Babylonian captivity. The fire, that's right. He's not somebody that needed to earn our respect. He is the creator of all that was created. He is the God who is of time and also the God who is outside of time. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is God Almighty. He is, as we talked about last week, the great I Am. He is. He is. He is. Why do we treat God? Why were they treating God like someone who had to uh, acquire honor and respect? He doesn't. He's God. He gets it. So they, they had this half-hearted offer towards God, and, and one of them was no honor and no reverence. The second thing was they gave him second best, and put in parentheses, at best. They gave him second best, at best. Look at verse 7 in Malachi chapter 1. It says, you offered defiled food on my altar, but say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. You know what that word means? It means despicable. It means they brought offerings to the Lord that were despicable to him. They were contemptible. They were detestable to him. And, and the law that we read about in the book of Levit- Leviticus, I know most of us just passed, jumped past Leviticus because it's a tough read, but there's a lot of stuff in there. And, and these people were very familiar with the law, right? They knew what, what kind of sacrifice was required to bring before the Lord. It was something without blemish, with something without spot. Amen. They were, they were supposed to bring the, the best, the most choice gift to the Lord. And they knew this, but they still brought blind, lame, uh, uh, sick, smelly. What did somebody say? Somebody's helped me over there. Stinky <laughs> sacrifices. Despicable, right? Despicable sacrifices they brought to the Lord. So, so what does that have to do with the New Testament believer? I mean, after all, Jesus came and, and fulfilled the law. We don't offer sacrifices animal sacrifices to the Lord anymore, do we? But if you look at Paul's letter to the Romans, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I don't know, do we get, look at you guys are awesome back there. <laughs> I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Listen, your only reasonable service, your only reasonable sacrifice to God is that you present your entire self to him. Yes. Uh, uh, well, we just did away with all the animal stuff, didn't we? It's you. It's you God asks us. It's you that God requires. You're, living, you're the living sacrifice. Your bodies, your, your temple belongs to God if you're a Christian. Amen? It's no longer yours. You don't belong to yourself anymore. 
So as we look into the mirror of God, how, how do we see ourselves compared to his righteousness and our unrighteousness? Like filthy rags, probably. Finally, their half-hearted offer really was kind of giving God just last priority. Not only did they give him honor or respect and second best, they just kind of prioritized him last on the list. And, and I don't know about you, anybody in here Americans? Yeah, okay. I see that a lot in America today, that we have given God last place of priority. So they, 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 they not only gave God the, the second best, but they were treating people, listen, with earthly authority, and they were treating things, stuff, with higher regard than they were the Lord. You know what I'm talking about? I'm going to meddle a little bit. There are those in this room probably that would never think of being late to work. You'd almost die before you'd even miss a day of work. But yet we can stroll in to the worship service halfway over. Or you stub your toe getting out of bed and there's your excuse for not even coming to church. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's not easy, is it? We make sure that our rent and our utilities are paid, right? Car and the boat payments are made, the RV, whatever the case may be. We have spending money for our habits and all our bills are taken care of. And then if anything is left over, we might bring something offer the Lord. That's what was going on in the text that we read about, and that's what's going on today in a lot of churches. I would say it, it's happening even in some of your hearts. And again, I'm not meddling. I am meddling, but I'm not, I'm not trying to, to heap condemnation on anybody in this room. I'm just trying to paint a picture of, of our unholiness and un our, our unrighteousness compared to His. And if you look back at that verse we read in 2 Corinthians that we offer everything to him, how are we doing in that regard? How, how are we doing in that regard? This isn't a tithing message. I have one statement I want to make about tithing. And most of you thought, oh, he's preaching out of Malachi. It's going to be a tithing message. They always are tithing messages out of Malachi, right? No, we're not going that way today. But, but this may shock you. According to Barna Research, which is a Christian research company, been around for years. Many of you probably heard about them. 6% of professing, believing Christians tithe. Only 6%. Are you of the six? Listen, giving earthly things and, and earthly people. See, the Israelites, they were honoring the priests. They were bringing the choice things to the priests. They wanted to get favor in the eyes of man. Still a problem today. Still a problem today. We, we want other people to see us. We want to keep up with the Joneses. We want to look good in the eyes. How are we looking in God's eyes? How are we looking in the mirror of God? How are we looking in relationship to this? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Quiet in here today. The second problem that I see is, is that they, well, for God's response, let's talk about God's response. That's your feeling, number two, to their offering. And what I see is, is God says, that was useless. That's a useless offering to me. Malachi chapter 10, verse, 
uh, chapter 1, verse 10 says, Who is there among you who would, eat, who would shut the door so that you would not kindle fire on my altar in vain? I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts. Listen, too many times we offer vain, empty worship to God. And God's, God is saying, look, if, if that's what you have, if that's what you want to present to me, just shut the doors and don't even bother. Listen, don't even come. Listen, I know that Jesus came and he tore that veil, amen. We have free access. You can come boldly. But man, if you go boldly and you offer him half your best, don't go at all. God says, I'll just, just shut the door and don't even bother coming because I won't receive it. I can't. It's useless to me. Listen, if you won't present yourself as a living sacrifice to God, God says it's useless. I can't do anything with that. But if you'll give me your all, if you'll just lay it all down at my altar, if you'll just let go of everything in your life, I can use that. I can use that. I know. I know. The air is thick. It was so useless to him that he refused it. Look at part B of that, of that text in chapter 1, verse 10. He says, I, I won't even accept an offering from your hands. It, it's so useless. It, you're bringing this to me. I, I can't even do anything with that. Many of us want to offer God the leftovers. Our priorities are a mess. I'll, God, I'll give you what I have left after... after after vacations, after, and I'm not talking money. I'm talking about our time now. I'll give you what's, what's left after I, I go to work and, and I earn a living. I'll give you what's left after, after I wash the car or wash. You know how many times I've had people tell me they couldn't come to church because they were dying their hair? I am serious. It happens. I just stepped on somebody's toes. <laughs> no, I don't dye this. This is natural, all natural, okay? People ask me all the time, do you dye your hair? Why would I do that? <laughs> yeah, you got any of that gray color? It's awesome. I just need to touch up a little bit. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Listen, here, here, here's a true story about Pastor Ron. Here's a little factoid, okay? These two teeth are still baby teeth. No adult teeth ever came in there, and I never got wisdom teeth. I always say I got gray hair instead of wisdom teeth. There's my wisdom. There's my crown of wisdom, all right? That's why I ain't so smart, you know what I'm saying? Listen, reading about God's response and how he just flat out refused what they brought before him leaves me with a question. Is it any different today? I mean, do you think he accepts our half-hearted offerings? I don't think God, God's the same. He, he, he doesn't change. And, and for some reason, the Christian church thinks that because Jesus laid down and died on a cross that we could just take the leftovers because Jesus got that all covered, man. That's not how this thing works. He covered your sin. But, man, if you want to have a fulfilled life, if you want to be blessed, if you, if you want to walk under the anointing of God, if you, want to, if you want to have life and have it abundantly, if you want the peace of God, if you want joy unspeakable, man, you've got to lay it all down at the altar, amen? You can't hold anything back. You can't take him a half-empty bottle of water and say, there you go, God, I'm done with it now. It got so bad. Listen, he didn't just say it was useless and refuse it. He actually rejected them. 
He rejected it. Malachi chapter 1, verse 11, it says, From the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. There's a blast in the face right there if you understand what's going on in this, in this picture. Even every place, in every place, incense shall be offered to my name and a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. Listen, he's saying, if you don't do it, the Gentiles will. He's saying, if you're not going to be obedient and you're not going to carry out my purpose and plan, I'll find someone else to do it. We all think, oh, we've got till the end of the time. Well, time is ending. Listen, I'm called. We're called to Grapevine. We know that we know that we know. But if we would have stayed stubborn and said, I ain't going to Las Vegas, there would still be somebody up here preaching. And this, and this church would still be blessed. The anointing would be resting on whoever answered the call of God to come here. Amen? Now, they wouldn't have been as good looking as me, but that's okay. Right, honey? All right. Thank you, baby. I only need one witness there. That's all I need. But listen, I wonder how many positions that had to be refilled that are sitting in this room. How many times those of us who, who said, not that call, God. Not that ministry, God. Not that group, God. Not those people. Not that area, God. Oh, that's not even written into my sermon. But some of you are like, oh, not Bruce Street. Oh, it's just, it's just, it's just bad area. Have you seen our area lately? I, and I'm just saying, hey, if God's sending me to a bad area, because that means he's got something he wants me to do there, man. I, I, I drove down there yesterday. Now, in about eight visits, the first time I've seen any gangbangers, and I know they're there. I'm not stupid. It's the first time I've seen any. Guess what? I just started claiming them. That one's coming. That one's coming. Amen? Because uh, if God's sending me and this church into a ter territory, we're going to reap. There's 11,000 people in the 89101 zip code, and I'm claiming every one of them for Jesus. Amen? All right, I know it was heavy. It's going to get better right now. Here's the third thing. Here's the blessing to those of us that give it all, okay? Letter A, he will remember you. He will remember. Listen, Malachi chapter 3, verse 16 says, those, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. Listen, they all agreed together, and they wrote it in the book of remembrance. This wasn't God's book. This is not where God's writing your name in. This is a book where you say, guess what, God? I'm going to put my name right here, and I'm going to show it to you every day. This is my commitment to you, to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my mind, to live for you as a holy living sacrifice. Amen? I'm going to give it all to you, and I'm going to write my name down as my commitment to you. I almost put a contract in the bulletin, but I didn't leave enough room to do it. So you're lucky I'm not making you sign that way. But that's what these people did. They said, listen, they got together. They said, man, we're committed. We're going to change our ways. We're going to write it down so that we can hold each other accountable, and God can hold us accountable because I'm telling you, God, if I put my name here, that's what you, we, should, you, we should do. That's what we should do. We should just say, God, I am yours. Whatever you want to do with me, do it. Give him permission, family. Give him permission, and he will change your life. Amen? Amen. He says in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, that obedience is better than sacrifice. So the second thing he'll do is he'll claim us. I, I love this. 
Malachi 3.17 says, They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On that day I will make them my jewels. I've got some diamonds in the room, amen? You used to be a lump of coal, didn't you? God is pressing you into a diamond, amen? God is pressing you into a diamond for his glory. He says, I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Listen, it's been the same all throughout history. We all want to belong to something. Since I was a little kid, man, I wanted to hang out with the cool kids. And when I got older, I wanted to be first picked for baseball team and football. And I wanted to belong to a crowd. And even now, I, I, you know, I like to belong. I like, to, I like people to like me. And I know most of you don't. That's okay. But I want you to. I didn't have enough laugh on that one. I'm feeling kind of awkward. I'm feeling a little bit awkward right now. I thought I'd get much more chuckles than that. No, I'm kidding. Listen, people won't even stay at a church if they don't feel like they belong. And as we continue to grow and we expand, we get, have to be mindful of the, the visitor, making them feel welcome and, and wanted and accepted here. Man, I don't know what your past is, but I'll tell you what. I know that a lot of the past that are sitting in this circle right now, and whatever you've done, we've done it. Amen? Whatever you've done, we've been there, done that, and probably just be my myself has been there, done that. Hey, you guys know, yeah, that's why you're laughing, because you know it's true. Some of you are trying to one-up, man, I wish I had a testimony like that guy. Tim Hawkins has a joke. Hey, God, man, why can't I be a drug addict? Just kidding. We don't wanna, you don't want to be a drug addict. You don't, you know, you don't wanna. But if I've ever desired to belong to anything or anyone, my desire is that I belong to God. And our desire needs to be that we belong to God. We are his chosen people, a, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, amen? We're the head and not the tail. I'm the first and not the last, amen? The buck stops here, baby. The last thing he's going to do is he's going to separate us. Oh, I like that. Verse 18, then you shall again discern between righteous and wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not serve it. Listen. It's not hard to, to pick out of the crowd who serve God half-hearted and who serves him wholeheartedly. Amen? Does that mean the wholehearted person's got it all together? Absolutely not. It just means they're humble and they got peace and they got joy and they're happy even in the trials. Amen? That's what we're talking about today. Walking through storms. Amen? Like we talked about last week. When you're in the valley, man, God is with you. Though, that though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with you. Amen? He won't leave you. His, his staff and his rod there are there to comfort you. Does God have your best? Three people still, after all that preaching. If not, why not? What's holding you back? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of losing? See, early as a Christian, I, I struggled with that. If I give them everything, I won't have fun anymore. Christian life is more fun than the old dope life used to be. What are, you, what are you afraid of letting go of? Every time I've let go of something thinking that I'm going to be left empty, I've been more fulfilled, family. If you have a relationship with Him, you have the Holy Spirit abiding in you and His Word is in you and it's a mirror in your life. Is God getting your best? Is God getting all that you have to give? This morning, listen. 
if the Word of God has been in your face today, if, if you feel convicted, if anything that I have said has challenged you, then I want, instead of signing a contract, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get up out of your seat, and I want you to come to this altar as your commitment to the Lord that, hey, I'm going to give God all that I have today. I'm committing myself I'm saying no more Well, I, am I going to have one foot in the world and one foot in heaven. Come on, Kevin, a little bit more forward. People can't get over there. Yeah, you're all right, buddy. You got a crowd. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Man, there's a presence of the Lord down here right now. Yeah, go ahead, making your way here. I know. I know I'm already here. I was the first one here, remember? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I just feel like there's some chains even right now just falling off of people. I just feel like there's some strongholds, right? Listen. This is not to embarrass you. You don't even need to respond to this. The only reason I'm going to say this is because I want you to know that the Lord is with you. He's very aware of what you're going through. There, there is somebody in this room right now that is very seriously contemplating suicide. I just feel you right now. God wants you to know that he loves you. His plan is good for you and what he'd have me speak over you right now is, hold on, child, hold on. Hold on, the best is yet to come, says the Lord. There is a time and season coming to your life, it's coming quickly, says the Lord, that, that this season will be over and you'll enter that season, that place that your heart has been longing for, that place that, that your, your desires are waning towards. There's a, there's a mountain before you that seems insurmountable and you feel like the only way that this mountain will come down is that your life would not exist and God says no I created you to have life and to have it abundant because I know the plans that I have for you and they're good plans so whoever you are I just want to pray Lord in the name of Jesus we, we rebuke that spirit there's one in particular for sure, but there's others in here that have contemplated, that have thought about it, and that same spirit. We're, we're speaking to that spirit over everybody's life in this, in this room right now. And even our families and friends, we all know somebody who, who is depressed. And right now, we just, we're going to remove, we're going to rebuke a spirit of, God, a spirit of suicide, whatever you want to call that thing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we command you to flee right now. Lord says, take my yoke upon you. My burden is easy and my yoke. And I, I would encourage you right now, all of you that are here this morning, just lay your burden down at this altar. Down, just figuratively, even if you have to let go of your hands, just, just kind of toss it on the floor, whatever will help you with that. But listen to me. Many of you have a tendency to turn around and pick it back up when you leave the altar. Don't pick that thing up. 
God is about to fulfill your life. He's about to, to fill that void. There's others in here right now, I feel you, that have this empty place in your heart, this, this hole in your heart. And I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit of God is going to fill that thing right now. That loneliness, that despair, that fear, that anger right now is being dis- displaced right now and filled with this presence and spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus. 